Hi, I'm Yuval Brisker, and this is a jolt of you velocity. Today, I'm going to be talking about partnership and why I'm a huge believer in partnership. You know why I'm a huge believer in partnership? I've started three companies with partners, <laughs> and if you don't believe in it, you probably shouldn't be repeating it three times. I actually always knew I wanted to be in partnership. I never thought I would be able to or wanted to or could do it alone. Uh, I don't think any one person actually has all the skills. And I obviously believe in the team. That's, you know, a big one. I think that, that uh, the team is foundational to everything that I've done in the past and in the future and in the present. And I don't see any reason to do anything without a team. I mean, I'm not a sole individual um producer or creator and i I'm, I'm not really even interested in it i mean i'm interested in the idea of collaboration finding a way to empower people and manage people but really uh mostly just you know find a way to work together in a and then bring out the best actually in everyone in a collaborative uh way that that really is a one plus one plus one equals you know a hundred and so that that the, the individual is enhanced by the, the the interaction with the team, and that can they can actually see it as a as an extension of their family in many ways. I don't think that it's. I mean, to me, the work environment is 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 has to be an extension of your family in some way, because if you don't ha are not happy to go to work, if you're not feeling that you're in a relatively space safe space, of course, work is not ever really a hundred percent safe in any sense, but you have to actually feel like there's people that you want to actually see when you go to work because otherwise it's pretty dreary and it doesn't really matter what you're doing. I mean, you could be taking out the garbage, but if the people actually that you're work working with throughout the day, they're fun to be with, they're interesting, they're, they challenge you in some way, they get you to think bigger, they get you to dig deeper in some way, it's you know, beautiful thing. And I think it gives a real flavor and, and meaning to getting up in the morning and going to work. And it's not really work. It's just an extension of your life. I was, I never really liked to talk about work as, you know, the work-life balance. I, it was never something that appealed to me. I never thought there was a good way of thinking about work. I always thought the, to the totality of it is my life. My professional life takes a huge part of my waking hours. And so I, I never wanted to kind of sort of segregate it into, oh, this is my work and this is my life. It, is, it basically, it connotes that you basically, you know, your work is not your life. But in fact, most of your work is your life and most of your life is your work. And so that notion of working in, in concert with someone or some people that, uh, that, that is be interesting and fun to work with that to me was uh, a goal and it's still a goal and it's still something that drives me and I, you know, it's not easy working with, with different people, different backgrounds, different goals, different ambitions, different energies and dynamic per, internal dynamics is a, is, is a challenge, but I think it's part of the beauty of it, you know, making it work is, and, and getting the most out of the team, the collective is, I think part of the beauty of 
what I'm doing and what I feel is exciting for me and and, and motivates me. Uh, and in that context, you know, there is one person to me that's always been center of that activity and that's been the partner because it's the same it's really a lot of the same things that have to do with with that one plus one equals you know three and above or even five and above that i believe in very deeply which is that you can't do it alone and you don't have all the skills and you don't have um you, the, you don't have all the same the, the perspective that you need and then you ultimately are better with or better together <laughs> and you're better with others and that you know and there's nothing more important than having one person that actually is really kind of your in a sense kind of your foil almost and uh, and on on one hand complements you and the, on the other hand contrasts you and the third it really completes you in bring to the table things that you don't have yourself and you don't know how to do and your personality is not like their personality and so on and so forth so i think all those things are really why I've been, you know, I've, I've always had a partner. I wasn't really interested in the alone. I was interested in the collaboration and in the creation of something that's joint with the belief that it's bigger, that the potential to execute is bigger. And, and that's a very personal thing, but I recommend it for everyone that wants to start a business is to find somebody who compliments you and that most importantly, that you like. <laughs> because you're going to be spending a lot of time with that person. And if you don't like them, then then it becomes, you know, another form of suffering. <laughs> and I, you know, I think obviously we suffering, we suffer enough. <laughs> and so I inflict more suffering on ourselves. And where, where we can in, inflict pleasure and joy and and uh, and that's been my experience in my partnerships not all of them have worked out but i've had fun and it's been interesting and i i recommend it what do i look for in a partner i look for somebody who's bright that has skills that are complementary to mine meaning that there is a little overlap in sort of the some of the interests and sensibilities, I would say, but in the actual practical professional skills that uh, that they bring a whole different set of skills to the table, but that they have the you know the curiosity and desire and ambition to understand and to involve themselves in what you're doing as well. So that there is a little bit of a Venn diagram kind of thing that you're, there's an overlap. And that overlap is, is part of the source of the strength. It's not the weakness. And it doesn't always mean that there's harmony. Um, I think the harmony piece is, you know, I, I don't think that tension and even sometimes conflict is necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I think that, you know, conflict can bring about some really good results. Not that when it's destructive or or angry, you know, or, you know, or, or unpleasant in some way, but, but that the, there's might be some friction and there's not a clear, you know, there's not always a clear um, agreement between the two people. I think that that contrast sometimes is something that can be highly productive. So 
I look for somebody who, first thing, like I said, that I really, really like. And that's a personal thing. That's like, you know, like chemistry. And that's the foundation. There has to be a sort of a curiosity and a desire and an attraction to work together, to kind of explore things together and to spend a lot of time together, which is because it, because the, the the act and the activity of of you know creating something from nothing is so intense especially when it's not you know when it's a when it's a technological or a business you know that that brings about innovation and new ideas to the table it, it's so intense that you just to try and figure it out you have to have a kind of like endless time to interact and communicate and sort of you know share and work through the notion of of solving the problem and and inventing stuff together so it, it the, the time component is very very significant and if you don't like the person you're spending time with you're not going to spend the time and thus you're probably not going to get to the result and ultimately it's all about results so that is the number one thing i look for the second thing i really look for is 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 a sense of you know intellectual curiosity and a, and a sh- and and that that kind of desire to learn and to figure things out learning to me is is part of the process of creating something new so if, if if the person that you're partnering with doesn't have the same sort of desire to learn, and I'm always in the learning sort of mindset, not that I'm always, you know, open 100% to it, but fundamentally I, I go around thinking that I don't know everything and I don't know that much, but... But I do have the confidence that I, that, that I have good instincts and that, you know, the things that I do know, they have value, but I don't assume that I know everything, so they might know more than I do on some things and I, I, I respect it and I treasure it and I value it. But working with somebody who thinks they know everything, <laughs> and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about the other side, then that becomes also very difficult, I think. And I, 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 I want to, next to the notion of liking somebody, and I think that's part of liking somebody, is having a similar worldview. That, you know, that, that you look at the world and you think similar things you know, you have some sort of similar approach to, to learning, to people, to adventure, to new things, to culture, to, I mean, to, to, to exploration, all those things together. And it doesn't mean that you think the same thing. It means that you have the same basic approach, which is, you know, I'm interested in learning. I'm interested in exploration. I'm interested in culture. I'm interested in you know, science, I'm interested in new, I'm interested in the world in the very sort of bigger, bigger sense of the world and also down to the, to the, to the detail. So I think that's in a way it interacts with this notion of somebody who wants to learn and has the curiosity. It's part of their worldview. And lastly, I look for somebody who wants to have fun because it's hard to do anything new. In fact, it's hard to do anything. <laughs> I mean, really do, do really do it. And, and I think that alleviating some of that, you know, the pressure and the intensity and the difficulty and the hardness with 
a good modicum of humor and fun and you know some level of levity and in, in the personality and the interaction and the and and the sort of the day-to-day just makes things better and easier so those three, th- three things actually liking them fundamentally as a human being as a person having similar worldview mostly around the idea of learning and and, 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 and openness and and then lastly just the desire to have fun and 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 and, and i think that i mean all that together with a real ambition to succeed willing to you know do everything to succeed my expectations of my partner are big <laughs> i think it's a hundred percent commitment uh, in 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 sort of my quest for the perfect partner which i've been very lucky because i've had some really great partners my most important the most important thing i've looked for is really somebody who is unconditional in their commitment and that means everything it means their time their mind their soul their feelings i mean just that kind of level of unconditionality and because i don't think you can do it any other way i don't think you can parse it out there's no way to put this over here and that over there and compartmentalize that and this and that i just don't think it works and and the proof is every you know enormously successful person actually has to dedicate their life to their success it doesn't mean that they don't have family and they don't have friends and they don't have a life quote unquote <laughs> but but i think that this has to come first because ultimately if you're birthing a new business and then you become responsible for the investors and the employees and the customers and the idea it becomes its own entity its own thing its own living thing it's another child and i and i, I think i referred to that in the first you know podcast about sort of my journey that this is the child of the mind and you know if you can't dedicate 100% to cultivating this child not like a human being it will die meaning if you birth a child yeah you have to cultivate them to a certain point but at some point they're off on their own it's a constant process of cultivation and investment and uh and focus and commitment so that's the number one thing i look for somebody who is unconditionally committed and sees this as sort of a child of their mind when i think about the dynamic of partnership i think also about how do you resolve conflict that's not an easy thing it's not an easy thing under any circumstances in any kind of relationship conflict is a as i said before it's not just a destructive thing it can also be productive but it can also be very destructive so disagreement happens a lot and i just believe that you know you have to work through the you have to work through the sources of what make what was really bringing about the disagreement and really kind of flush them out take them out of the drawer and you know put them on the table and really try and kind of dissect it in a way and understand what one person you know really thinks and what the other person really thinks and why and 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 that's also again about you know the likability of the relationship like being liking each other um loving each other in a way is really part of 
the ability to actually listen deeply to the other person and try and figure out how you can actually come to an agreement rather than a disagreement. And and I believe in unanimity ultimately in this in this particular in the, in the, on the partnership level. Of course, in every company there is a CEO and a, and, and other you know roles that actually are pyramidal, and you get to a place where there's somebody has to make a decision. So those there's that's I think another really interesting aspect of partnership is that it's not a hundred percent equal. When I think about the challenges of partnership, and you know, next to the joys, there's also part you know challenges. I think that that you really have to have a, a healthy approach to disagreement, how you actually deal with disagreement, and I've always dealt with it by saying you the decisions need to be made unanimously. And there are many levels of decisions in the business. There's, you know, there's strategic decisions and there's, you know, kind of practical day-to-day decisions. And and the partnership, you know, is one aspect of the interactions around the business. And I think that's one of the most in, more interesting aspects of partnership is that unless it's a partnership business, meaning the partners are equal, I, I, there's always one person who's more senior, more empowered than the other, um, especially when you're in a sort of a corporate environment where you create a company that's based on some corporate structure. There's a CEO. He's the final and ultimate decision maker. And, and yet you might be in a partnership where the other partner is a COO or CTO or, you know, whatever, some other role that, um, that has enormous weight but they're not the CEO, they're not the decider, the ultimate decider. So how do you actually deal with that? Meaning the notion that you are at once both equal, but not equal. And I think that's the most difficult and interesting part of it in that respect. So what I've done in, in, in over, the, over time has been really to try and separate a little bit between those two um, roles, in a sense, those two responsibilities, the two sort of sets of interactions with focus on sort of more, let's call it existential strategic things being a focus of partnership and the focus of the day-to-day running of the company being kind of more corporatized sort of uh, decision-making process. So that with my partners who have really been my equals in many ways in terms of intellectual intellectual capacity. The focus of our interaction in, in sort of the equal room has always been about sort of the big ideas and the big challenges and the existential, you know, nature of the thing that we were building together, as well as sort of the big strategic vision and goals, culture, et cetera, et cetera. And really talking about and agreeing that also personnel, like talking about people, especially in the hiring process, where we have to agree who is the right fit for something. And when we're hiring, we do it in a way together where it flips over at some point to be, you know, the corporate structure, which is, you know, ultimately the CEO has to say, yes, I want to hire this person. Definitely in the big decision category, I never thought that it's something that can be done unilaterally by, you know, the more senior partner, the CEO, person who's taken on the role of CEO. I I think those decisions are partnership-based decisions, and the disagreement part has been, you know, working it out, 
dissecting the problem, convincing each other when we're not in agreement about one or the other's sort of point of view. And if you cannot come to an agreement, then you actually don't go in that direction at all. You find a different thing, but you don't make the decision based on one or the other's opinion, but find another path that you can agree on. So that's been my approach is no unilateralism, mostly unanimity. And if no unanimity, searching for another path in which we can find unanimity. That's on the sort of partnership side, on the more practical, call it, you know, management side, day to day. That's very simple. There's a, there's, there's a hierarchy in the company. In that context, the partner who's reporting to the other partners who might be the CEO, or probably is a CEO, he or she have to operate in that context, which is, uh, there's a, it's a, it's a military organization pretty much based on the military structure as American corporations have always been built. And ultimately the buck stops at the, at the top of the line and, you know, the chief executive and everybody has to make, you know, he, he carries the burden of the responsibility, he or she, and their decision is ultimately final and they have to carry the, the results of and their decisions and the consequences of their decision. So that's how I look at it. It's, it's really bifurcated in many ways, and it's worked for me. And, and it's worked for me also because that's been a pre-agreement with the partners. You know, I, that's one thing I learned after my first partnership, was, which ended up not being really that successful. I think the, the number one thing I learned walking away from that partnership, even though it had its successes, ultimately, you know, we split and the business, you know, didn't go anywhere, didn't evolve. Uh, we both decided that it wasn't really for us. The biggest takeaway I had from that early partnership was there wasn't enough agreement on the table in advance about how things would operate. Um, and we had to start making it up as we went along. And a lot of times the, 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 the acuteness to actually make it up, quote unquote, were in moments of disagreement and conflict. And then, of course, you know, all hell breaks loose. So I knew from that first partnership that I needed to lay down some foundational guidelines uh, to making a partnership successful, for example, agreeing on the basic structure of interaction and who's responsible for what prior to the business actually even starting. Like, you're responsible for this. I'm responsible for that. You know, we're both responsible for this. You know, I'm this role. You're that role. Whoever's in this role is their decision is final. There are things we're going to need to talk about as a, as, a, as a partnership and agree on. There are other things that we're not going to be able to agree on. And they will either, we will either find a path that we do agree or it reverts to being, you know, the, the sort of corporatized approach to making decisions. So that clarity, it has to be there at the very beginning. You don't make those kinds of decisions at the beginning. You're going to be stuck with them, you know, in, in, at the worst possible moment, you're going to, it's going to come back to you. The biggest piece of advice that I have for people who are thinking about starting a business with a co-founder is somebody, find somebody you like. I mean, and, and obviously has the right background, but that is to me the foundational thing. You cannot be in that intense and demanding and really overarching kind of experience without being able to, you know, really, really like and love the person that you're with. I always say that par partnerships are like marriages. They have children. 
there's employees, there's products, there's customers, there's investors. It, it, it has every characteristic of a marriage. You know, of course, you know, the focus of it is, is the business success, but the, the characteristics are similar. And if you don't treat it that way, then you're not giving it the kind of gravitas and respect that it absolutely has to have in order to succeed. So I would say treat it like a marriage. Number one piece of advice. And I guess that's it. This has been a jolt of you velocity.